Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is October 19th, 2021, and our first story. Democrats are freaking out as thousands of police have defied the vaccine mandate. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said the police are trying to induce an insurrection and is now threatening to go after their retirement benefits if they try to retire instead of undergoing the vaccine mandate. In our next story, Dan Bongino says he could cancel his show and quit if the radio network doesn't pull their vaccine mandate. And in our last story, Joe Biden's administration once again caught smuggling children in the dead of night. The Biden administration is engaged in human trafficking. Now, if you like the show, leave us a good review and give us five stars. But the most important thing is tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth is the best way to help spread the show and help it grow. Now, let's get into that first story. Of all of the groups the vaccine mandate could have backfired with, the police may actually be the worst. Now, I think it's fair to say the vaccine mandates have worked out very, very well for the Democrats. Joe Biden's fake rule that isn't actually in place, the thing about if you've got 100 employees or more, you got to mandate the vax. That's not even in play. And it's already getting companies to fall in line. A lot of people who did not want to or were not able to get the vaccine were forced to do so because they could lose their job and they were put in this very distressing position. Police and many first responders, however, are pushing back. In Chicago, Democrats are starting to freak out. And boy, howdy, are they freaking out? Because over a third of the police have defied the vaccine mandate. More than 4,500 officers, roughly 35% of CPD have said nah. And the mayor is outraged, calling it an insurrection, no less, and now threatening to go after the retirement benefits of the officers who are defying the mandate. No, no, no. Let's slow down. This is this is crazy. When I say they're freaking out, they're freaking out. Not only are they saying, how dare you defy the mandate? They're saying anyone who wants to retire instead of undergoing our forced medical procedure will lose their benefits. This is insanity. It's not just Chicago. NYPD is also mad. FDNY, first responders, many people are outright saying no. We had that big story uh, with Dan Bongino saying he might quit his radio program because the radio network that hosts him 
Cumulus, which is Westwood One, the names of the company, subsidiaries, whatever you get the point, has a vaccine mandate. We've got many high profile individuals standing up and saying no. All the while, we have chaos in the streets of Portland. And I bring that up because I think y'all can understand what's going to happen when they try and go after more than a third of the police in Chicago. Chicago is Chirac. Okay, without these cops, y'all are in trouble. So, yeah, they're pretty much freaking out. Now, all of this just says to me that regardless of whether or not it's, it's good or bad or it appear, I should say, regardless of whether or not it appears to be good or bad, I do think at the highest level, Democrats are pleased by the chaos. They're gutting this country. I think it's on purpose. For what reason? I don't know, you know, but I think they're doing it on purpose. It could be that they're extracting resources for themselves personally, which is a purposeful act, but not like a conspiracy to destroy the country. More just like each and every one of these elites is like, how much can I steal before the system falls apart on itself? Because what they're doing will only make things worse. Threatening to go after retirement benefits, you're only the out. These cops are probably going to be like, nah, nah, screw you. I'm willing to bet there's going to be a handful of cops who are like, wait, what are they doing? Okay, I'm out. You want to screw with us? People are going to get pissed off. And then I just see this going towards more economic collapse, I guess. I mean, maybe it's just the cops. A lot of industries people are giving in. In Chicago, this is one of the biggest bits, the biggest groups, uh, I, I would say the, the most people to resist. But let's take a look at what's going on. Let's see exactly why they're doing it, because part of me thinks as soon as they renegotiate their contracts and get more money, then they'll all say, OK, fine, sure, whatever. And this is this just may be bargaining chip. Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member in order to get an ad free experience on all of our news articles. You'll be supporting our journalists and you'll get members only access to all of our members only content like segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We just had Sean Spicer on the other day talking about what it was like to be working with Donald Trump. You won't want to miss that one. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share it with your friends. Seriously, grab that URL, paste it, post it, wherever you can. Help spread the word. Let's read the news. More than a third of Chicago police officers defy city vaccine mandate. CNN reports about 4,500 Chicago officers didn't report their vaccination status by October 15th as mandated by the city, officials said Monday. That means roughly 35% of the city's 12,770 officers could be placed on no pay status in the foreseeable future. The CPD had the lowest response rate of any department in the city, but of the about 64% who did report, the majority of officers say they are vaccinated according to data released by the city. Specifically, 6,894 indicated being vaccinated, while 1,333 reported they have not. So it's actually more than that. We're we're talking about 5,833 individuals who are in defiance of that mandate. Almost half. Those who said they are not vaccinated are required to opt into twice weekly testing for COVID-19 until the end of the year to remain in compliance with city policy. The city required employees to be either vaccinated or test two times a week by October 15th, two times per week, and then report their status by that same deadline. Those who did not report their status status risk being put on unpaid leave. City officials said the disciplinary process will be ongoing and likely happen on a rolling basis, but that this also starts the process of trying to get a final number of employees into compliance. The vaccine reporting portal is still open. One city official said 
It's not going to be an immediate we're firing you. The first step is employees will be sent home in a no pay disciplinary status as the city vaccine policy is a condition of employment. As of Monday afternoon, no one has been disciplined, but that process can now begin at any time. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'm from Chicago. Do you have any idea what would happen to that city if they sent home a third of the police department? Ha! You ain't going to win this one, Lori Lightfoot. You ain't going to win this one, Chicago establishment trash politicians. The cops have won. You can't do it. Now we'll see. Maybe they'll negotiate something. Quote, it'll hopefully wake them up quickly, the city official said. You're in for a rude awakening if these cops don't comply. Mayor Lori Lightfoot told reporters Monday afternoon that a very small number of officers were not complying after going to police headquarters of their district buildings and being asked in person whether they had entered their information online. For those who still didn't go to the online portal, a CR is being taken out. They are put in a no pay status, and then the disciplinary process will proceed from there. Lightfoot said she isn't concerned that the city will have a meaningful shortage of officers for the next few weeks. She, she isn't concerned, yikes, but mentioned that it has contingency plans. I'm not seeing, at least for this day, that there's going to be any disruption in our ability to keep our neighborhood safe. That's a lie. They already can't keep their streets safe. Most city departments had at or near a 100% response rate to vaccine reporting requirement. Well, I would just say that you've got a ha- handful of cowards and lemmings, to put it mildly. A separate memo issued. Oh, here we go. A memo obtained by CNN states any civilian or sworn employee who disobeys a direct order to comply with the city's vaccination policy will become the subject of a disciplinary investigation that could result in a penalty up to and including separation from the Chicago Police Department. Furthermore, sworn members who retire while under disciplinary investigations may be denied retirement credentials. They are in full on panic mode. This is incredible. Until further notice, the use of elective time by sworn CPD members is restricted. Furthermore, the use of elective time will require prior approval from the deputy chief or above within the requesting member's chain of command, the memo obtained by CNN said. Here is your moment, Chicago police officers. And if you know someone who works for the CPD, ask them this question. Will you stand or will you kneel? Will you bend the knee to these people who seek to take from you your rights, your freedoms, your responsibilities? Will you say, thank you, sir? I'm sorry, sir. Or will you say no? Do you see what they're doing to these cops? They don't care, in my opinion, about the vaccine. They care about the mandate. They care about being able to walk up to you, look you in the face, spit on you, and have you cower and snivel as you fall to your knees and beg, please, I'll do anything you say. That's what they want. That's where they want you. That's why they're threatening that if you retire, we'll take your retirement credentials. And if you try to call in sick, we will deny you. That has nothing to do with the vaccine and everything to do with them wanting you on your knees. The question is, will you get on your knees for them? Will you cower before your kings and queens, your monarchs? Or will you stand up and say, I thought this was America? Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? 
with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It's up to you. Look at all of those officers who had no problem dropping to their knees, sniveling and crying, saying, please, Lori Lightfoot, I'm a pathetic loser and I'll do anything you tell me to do. Look how many cops just do that. Look, if the city came out, went to the union and said, we really would prefer it if everybody got the vaccine, put out a memo and maybe we'll do some incentives. I'd be fine with that. That's great. Encourage people to go talk to a doctor, get proper medical advice. Sounds good to me. They're going after retirements. This is well above and beyond just like we want to keep people safe. No, this is how dare you defy us. And you know what? A good amount of these cops won't because they're losers. Talk about pathetic. They say, the memos were issued as the police union and Lightfoot clash over the city's requirement that city employees be vaccinated. The union, the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, filed a lawsuit Friday in Cook County Circuit Court last week alleging Lightfoot. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown, the city and the police department have failed to comply with the collective bargaining agreement status quo. Negotiations over the police department's COVID-19 policy were underway when the city implemented their unilateral changes to the policy. There were still several collective bargaining issues that remained unresolved at the bargaining table. Lightfoot said the same day the city filed a lawsuit against the police union and union president John Canzara because her office believes the union is encouraging an illegal work stoppage to strike pure and simple. And we're not having that. The mayor said that she doesn't want young officers to destroy their careers over bad advice. Destroy your careers. I'll put it this way. What's more important to you, your dignity, your self-respect, the respect of your peers or your career? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not an easy question. Career is how you're going to feed your family, pay your rent, survive. Me? Ah, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm hard headed. I'd always just take my dignity and and walk. I'd be like, nah, I'm out. But the funny thing is, if all of these cops stand strong, they'll win. If all four, what are we talking about? 5,833 officers say no, then the city will say, we're reversing the policy. We're so sorry. And then you will see, it will be Lori Lightfoot on her knees begging the police. Please, I will do anything you say. Just come back to work. Chicago's got it bad enough. They cannot handle these cops not being there. Stand strong, CPD, those who are. 
The mayor then said she doesn't want young officers destroying their career. Over what? Going to a website, clicking yes or no. And if no, saying you're going to sign up for testing. Really? That's worth it? You see what they want to do? Just get on your knees, you pathetic loser. Is it really that hard? You'll be on your knees for only 30 seconds pledging your allegiance, and then I'll let you rise and go about your business. <clears throat> Is it really that hard? You know what I love about this country? That you can flick off the president. That you can flick off these establishment politicians. That you can tell them, screw off. And the left likes to say, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. Shut up. We know. And you know what? That's why I loved this country. Because sure, they could try and come after you could lose your job, but you're allowed to say it and ain't nobody gonna lock you up. They're corrupt people who might. They're corrupt individuals and boy, are they in big tech and they are coming for us all. But the people who refuse to sit idly by are the ones holding that off. Those that are still pushing back the boulder that seeks to run us over. As many get out of the way, drop to their knees in front of it and say, I give up. As soon as these politicians realize that these officers are an immovable force, the whole thing falls apart. But if the officers give in, well, then they'll win and you'll be on your knees. Kent and Zara had spoken out against the mandate to, re to report vaccine status, telling officers they are not required to comply. And the police department has its own COVID policy. He said city officials should have negotiated about vaccinations with the union. All of those things are a change in your employment policies. You have to negotiate with us what that looks like. The city has refused to do that. COVID-19 is the leading cause of death for officers across the country, according to the Officer Down Memorial page. Citywide, 25,015 out of 31,483 total employees reported their vaccine status as required by the mandate. So we're looking at around, you know, just shy of six, just a little bit more than 6,000. A total response rate of roughly 80%. A total of 21,088 employees marked they were vaccinated, while 3,927 marked they were not. The Chicago Fire Department had the second lowest response rate with 72%, despite most of that percentage indicating they were vaccinated. One city official noted, those who indicate no on being vaccinated included those who have only gotten one dose or who are not fully vaccinated. These numbers as of are as of Monday morning, but could fluctuate in the coming weeks. Take a look at this. Fox News. Chicago police brass request vaccine updates from personnel may deny benefits to officers choosing to retire. This is the most important aspect of all of this, my friends. It shows you what they're really doing. I want you to take a look at Lori Lightfoot, Democrat, Chicago mayor. Officer, I want you right now to drop to your knees and I want you to kiss her pinky ring. What's what's wrong? You can't do it. Yeah, you can. Right. How many just do? And I don't mean just the police. I don't care if you work at Starbucks. I don't care where you work. If you are going to abide by this decree and give in to despots, get on your knees and accept your place as a serf. Are we a country of cowards? Are we a country of people who say we are all equal in our pursuits of life and liberty and happiness? And the government does not have the authority. In fact, the Constitution curtails the government's abilities, protects our rights as individuals. Will you defend them? Because they're coming after you, my friends. Take a look at this. Chicago mayor says police 
union trying to induce an insurrection with vaccine mandate opposition. Well, I'll put it mildly. The union's right. You have to negotiate with the union before you change their employment status. You can't just fire people or take them out. You can't do it. Union's correct. I want to show you some brave people. Take a look at this from The Washington Post. A trooper defying his state's vaccine mandate uses his final dispatch to tell off the governor. At the end of his final shift as a trooper with the Washington State Patrol, Robert LeMay reached for his radio. In a parting message broadcast across the agency's dispatch system, he announced that he was being asked to leave because I am dirty, referring to his defiance of the vaccine mandate. This is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car, LeMay, 50, who recorded his remarks, and Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. With that, he dropped the radio, staring into the camera. He said, that's it. LeMay's Friday sign-off, which was shared tens of thousands of times, tens of thousands of times on social media, came as several law enforcement officers and other first responders across the U.S. resisted COVID coronavirus vaccination and fought mandates. Those holdouts remain reluctant to get the shots, even as COVID-19 has emerged as the number one cause of line of duty deaths in the first half of 2021. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, appealed to officers to get immunized, saying the resistance doesn't make any sense given that more police officers die of COVID than they do in other causes of death. It makes sense. It's none of your business, Fauci. An individual can go to the doctor and the doctor can say, here's my advice. And they can say yes or no. End of story. How many of these officers went to the doctor? The doctor said, nah, I recommend against it for your underlying conditions or I recommend for it. Sounds like what they don't factor in with these stories is that many of those who are saying they aren't vaccinated might have been given advice from their doctor for a medical reason not to do it. Some may have religious exemptions. How about this? It's none of your business. Okay. How about that? In Washington state, most government employees, about 89% have complied with the mandate according to data provided to the Washington Post by the governor's office. When including those who received accommodation, the compliance is about 92%. Spokesman Mike Falk said officials expect the final figures, which will include employees who got the shots in the two weeks that preceded Monday's deadline, to be higher than that. But there have been pockets of resistance. I love how they call it resistance. You know, these people are are defying the authoritarians. They're the resistance. That's right. With state troopers joining an ultimately unsuccessful last ditch lawsuit, seeking to put the mandate on hold for those choosing to leave their jobs rather than get the shots, Falk said, we thank them for their service and wish them well. But this state is moving forward to get people vaccinated and end the crisis. No, they are purging the non-compliant. They are purging those who would defy the edict so that the only people left to enforce the law are cowards. Each and every one of these cops, cowards. They will be, these are the people that are more likely to be given unlawful orders and carry them out. They don't care. They will just do as they're told. You see how dangerous this gets? Take a look at this. Nick Rolovich out at Washington State over COVID vaccine mandate. Washington State states Nick Rolovich has been fired after the coach among the state's highest paid workers declined to comply with Governor Jay Inslee's mandate for state employees by Monday to be vaccinated or receive an approved exemption and accommodation. Director of Athletics Pat Chun called it a disheartening day for the football program. It's a tough day for Washington State football, Chun said. Nobody wants to be here. I have a lot of empathy for the young men in that locker room. For months, he refused to get a vaccine. And as deadline day inched closer for the state vaccine mandate, Rolovich did not change his mind. Courage. 
willing to sacrifice everything and not get on your knees. He had asked for a religious exemption. He was resolute in his stance, and he's ready to make a choice. That choice did not put him in compliance with the proclamation from the governor, and that's why we sit here today. Four WSU assistant coaches have been fired for not complying with the mandate. Bravo, gentlemen. Bravo. Defensive tackles coach Ricky Logo, cornerbacks coach John Richardson, quarterbacks coach Craig Stutzman, and offensive line coach Mark Weber are being let go. Chun said defensive coordinator Jake Dickert is acting head coach. Chun said a contingency plan has been in, there in the works, especially with the Cogs getting ready to face a tougher challenge, Brigham Young University. I'm going to tell everybody the same thing. Take a deep breath, said WSU President Kirk Schultz. Let's watch what this football team does. Watch what Coach Dickert can do with our young men. The mandate announced in August also covers public charter and private school teachers and staff. It allows for religious or medical exemptions, but does not allow for a weekly testing alternative. And those who are not fully vaccinated by October 18th were told they could lose their employment. When asked if they would wait for full FDA approval before receiving the vaccine, Rolovich repeated his plan to follow the mandate. Rolovich was beginning his second season in charge of the Cougars. He participated in, uh, in PAC-12 Media Day last month remotely after announcing his decision not to get vaccinated. Here's a guy. Bravo. Good for him. And there's more. ESPN reporter Allison Williams leaving network over COVID vaccine mandate. I want to give all of these people a round of applause for defying the, the edicts, the mandates and the invasion of privacy, among many other things. You want to put these things in place. Face the consequences. I love it when the left says these workers are so stupid. Now they'll face the consequences. Hmm. Maybe you need to realize that uh, Washington state will face the consequences losing four, what is it, four assistant coaches and their head coach. Maybe that will be bad for them. Maybe people of merit who won't abide by critical theory, critical race theory, gender theory, or otherwise, and won't abide by the vaccine mandates are the people who actually are doing the research, the people of merit. Good luck. You know, I don't know how many people are uh, of merit. I'd imagine most people who I have, you know, do their due diligence, research into things are that you're more likely to find that they're going to be saying no to overarching mandates and rule by decree. But we'll see. You know, I think about um, China and Zimbabwe when they're like, hey, we're going to seize all the farmland and give the farm to the people. And people are like, we don't know how to farm. And then they all starve. Yeah. Funny how that works out. Let's see what happens when high ranking individuals, it may not be the rank and file. It may just be many people, but let's see how it works out for them. Because I got a feeling when you look at how bad the entertainment industry is getting because they're making garbage woke films, what happens when many of these people say the talent isn't here, the, the freedom isn't here, the expression isn't here, and they leave. And what about these people? They're going to find work. Here we go. Longtime ESPN college football and basketball reporter Allison Williams said over the weekend that she will be leaving the network over its COVID-19 vaccine mandate. I have been denied my request for accommodation to not get the vaccination, Williams said in a video posted to Instagram. Effective next week, I will be separated from the company. The Walt Disney Co., which co-owns ESPN, announced in late July that it would require all salaried and non-union hourly employees to be vaccinated within 60 days. ESPN had told its 5,500 traveling employees in May that they would need to be vaccinated by August 1st. I got to be honest. You know, back when I worked for ABC, that would have been awesome. 
If they were like, you got to go do this or else you're fired, I'd be like, oh, geez, you're terminating my contract. That sucks. You know why? They'd have to pay it out in full and then I'd leave. So I'd take all that money and not have to work for them anymore. I don't know about these individuals. We'll see. The thing is, many people have contracts that don't include something like this, you know, a vaccine mandate. And if the company wants to violate a contract by saying we're letting you go, be like, oh, you're severing the contract. They got to pay it out and maybe even pay penalties. I'll tell you all, if you're negotiating contracts, make sure you include things that seem like to the company it doesn't matter. Like imagine if you went to a company and say, in the event that you mandate a medical procedure, you have to pay me a million dollars. The company's going to be like, we're never going to mandate you a medical procedure. Then you don't got to worry about the million dollars, right? Where would you be today if you made that bet? They'd be like, we're letting you go. Did you see the part about the million dollars you'll owe me? All right, I don't, not everybody's going to be able to pull that off, but you could, you could negotiate something like that, like in the event of a mandated medical procedure. Think about it now. Do this. Any company you know, that you go to, make that, make, make that statement. If you, if you have a term contract, include that provision in there. See what they say. Think ahead. It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Doctors have been repeating for months that the COVID-19 vaccines are safe for pregnant women, women who are breastfeeding, and women who would uh, would like to have babies. This is because Williams said she decided not to receive the vaccine at this time while her husband and her are trying for a second child. Quote, I am also so morally and ethically not aligned with this that I've had to really dig deep and analyze my values and my morals, and ultimately I have to put them first. She added, I cannot put a paycheck over principle. I will not sacrifice something that I believe and hold so strongly to maintain a career. It's, it's interesting. Here's a person who is saying, I do not agree with this morally and I cannot cross that line. I quit. So many people will tell you they don't agree with the mandate, but will say, you know, access to resources is more important than this issue. Let me make something clear for all of you. I have said it over and over again, and I'll say it again. Actions speak louder than words. When people come to me and say, dude, I really want to do what you do. This is more so pertaining to traveling the world and doing hard work. People, these people would email me all the time being like, you went to Ukraine and Brazil and Venezuela and Turkey, Egypt, Morocco, you know, uh, New Zealand interviewing Kim.com. Like, wow, being in Venezuela during these clashes, so dangerous, man, I really want to do that stuff. And I'd say, buy your plane ticket. And they would say, no. Here's my response. If you like the stuff you get to buy every day more than being in one of these historical moments to document it, then you don't really want it. 
Now, of course, you can say, oh, I, I get it. To a certain degree, you do, but you clearly want other things. I'll put it this way. Before you, there lie 10 different roads. And in order, actually, let me start by saying this. An old Japanese proverb, those who attempt to catch two rabbits will catch neither. Actually, I think that's the old Japanese proverb. I'm not entirely sure. And so the point is, you need focus and determination and drive. So if before you, there are but 10 roads. And on one of those roads, it is dark and dreary and there's lightning. But at the end of it is success. And then the road just to the right is candy canes, rainbows, everything bagels with cream cheese, venues, your friends all laughing and cheering. And at the end of it, who knows, mediocrity. And you say, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Then I think it's fair to say you care more about that and you're not going to walk down the path of hardship towards success. If you are confronted with two roads and one of them says you are hereby ordered by decree of the mayor to receive the medical procedure and on that path, just behind the the, the medical procedure lies food and stuff. And to the right is big, open, empty wilderness. And you say, well, I oppose the vaccine mandates, but I'm going to choose it anyway. I'm going to be like, you clearly favor that path over anything else, because there's literally other things for you to do. Many of these people are walking away. That's that's the most important thing people need to understand. You are choosing to walk down a path. You can step aside your principles and follow the path because the path is easier or you can take the hard road. It's funny to me because, you know, good times make weak men, as the saying goes, right? Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. If you would choose the easier path, you will make hard times. And people say, I have no choice. How will I feed my kids? And my response is compliance with the mandates is why your kids food is at risk. So when you keep complying, you get more tyranny, less food, more struggle. I think of it like exercise. Everyone's got to pay their dues. When I used to uh, be at the skate park with friends and somebody would fall, you, you know what I say? I, actually, I shouldn't even say it like that. I still say this to everybody. When they fall skating and get hurt, I say, you got to pay your dues. You are not ever going to get on that board, get on those blades, get on that bike and think you're going to walk away with no injuries. Now, certainly there's a lot of things you can do while not getting seriously injured, but I've broken my hand. I was in midair doing a frontside 360 on a quarter pipe and someone dropped in, not paying attention. How, in, how stupid. You got to pay your dues. These things happen. The, the, if you want the rewards, you got to take the risk. Imagine being the kind of person who says, I will assume no risk and I will take the easiest path. My friend, then you will get hard times for yourself and for your children. And if you want that, that's fine. But it's like exercise. It's hard for some people that can't push themselves in that treadmill or to do the work. But the rewards, amazing. You know, so I skate almost every day. I'm having a lot of fun. I've been rollerblading more so than skateboarding as of late because it's something new and something fun. And I like jumping really high. And, you know, there's risk. Uh, I hurt my shoulder, sometimes hurt my ankles, fall, get bruises. You got to pay your dues. 
With that risk and that hardship comes great reward, increased agility, increased general fitness, better heart rate, better mental clarity. Everything feels better. I could take the easy road and just not do any of that. But then over time, you feel sicker, you feel tired, you feel worse. Being stronger, challenging yourself, defying the mandates, defying decree, you will end up better off. People say to me that it's easy for me to say because of how well I'm doing. And I just I tell people this karma, man, you put in the time, you get those rewards. It's not one for one. It's not perfect. There's luck involved always. But if you work hard, you find that success. The number one factor in any one successful story there's a great a great TED talk on this is perseverance. The key to success. So for me, working, I, I, I go to work at Vice. They don't pay me as much as the other offers I w- that was presented towards me. But I said, this is the right choice. I slept on a couch in my friend's house for several months until I finally saved up enough to get my own place. But I was saving almost all of it. I would rather sleep on a couch than, than spend money on having an apartment. I don't care about that. I was willing to sacrifice and take the hard route because I could see down the road where it led. And the more risks I'm willing to take, the better off I am. If I didn't take the risks and I stayed with the ABC News company and just said, you know what? Look, they're paying me really well. There's no point in in pushing any harder. Just do as you're told. This is a good paycheck. I could have done that. And where would I be now working for this company? Get your vax mandate or you're fired. And then I'd be like, oh, geez. And then I'd have the choice. If I was a weaker person, I'd say, I guess I better do it because I'm already here and I don't want to lose my job. No way, man. You don't. The people who are critical, they don't you don't get it. When I was at this company, and, and, and I realized what they, were, what they were going through, what they were doing with becoming this woke trash, and I was under contract, I tried to break it, and I was scared. I was like, what do I do after this? If I leave this company, if media is going in this direction, and I left Vice, people told me I was crazy for leaving Vice. They were so popular, and they were, they were skyrocketing and winning Emmys. Why would you leave, Tim? And I said... Because I see a better future down that path and leaving Vice, but it's risky. Vice is the hot property. You're nuts. And I said, I'll take my chances. And I went to a company where I had to build it from scratch, and the company turned out to be worse. But I took the risk. And then I said, I can't be here anymore, and they wouldn't let me break my contract, and I had to wait it out. And I thought to myself, I'm refusing to play ball with these guys. I'm not going to do their woke garbage. I'm not going to say what they want to say, and they don't like me for it. Now my contract is going to expire, and where do I go? There's no going to these big companies after this. I'm not going to be able to go to to any of these mainstream news outlets and and, and get a job. I'll be completely on my own. And what if I fail? Oh boy, that would be worse. I mean, think about it. Having this big career, Occupy, Time Magazine featured, And then I leave these companies and they say, whatever happened to that guy? What a has been. But you know what? Those thoughts occur to me, but I don't care because I just want to do what I want to do. And I don't want anyone standing in my way. And I believe in myself and I believe I'll figure it out. And I remember this funny thing happened where after I left Fusion and I had this, you know, we've got, I've got this site up and running. 
My YouTube channel is bigger than ever. And these journalists from New York started tweeting about me. Whatever happened to that guy, Tim Pool? Like he was this up and coming star getting hired by ABC, getting paid this massive six figure salary, this massive seven figure contract in, you know, and where is he now? And then someone looks up my defunct Patreon that I don't use. And they're like, wow, now he's only getting a few hundred dollars a month. How sad. And they tweeted it at me. And I was like, guys, like my career is bigger than ever. Walking away from this has made me even more successful. The difficult road. It was scary. But I don't care. I don't care if it's scary. If I was scared, I wouldn't have gone to Egypt during the revolution. I know I love to bring that up, don't I? I wouldn't have gone to Venezuela or Brazil or Ukraine or Baltimore during the riots or Ferguson if I was scared. Now, to be fair, courage doesn't mean you're not scared. So, of course, part of me is scared. But part of me is more willing to take those risks and face those fears. That'll always be the case. I started rollerblading recently, and uh, it is scary. I've been skateboarding for decades, and it's just, you know, I'm so comfortable with it. It's not scary that much anymore. It's like, I feel like I could try something, and I probably, I might not be able to do it, but it's just, I know how to fall. And so there was something new, and I'm like, you know what? It's less popular, less mainstream, less corporate, less establishment, and it's kind of scary again. It's fun to get that feeling. I like it. I grew up with it, and there's a new challenge in front of me. You know, there are people who are like, oh, you know, Tim claims to be a skateboarder. And I'm just like, I've been skateboarding my whole life. I still have a board. I'll still skate periodically, you know, but I've just done so much on it. I don't care what people think. If I say I picked up rollerblading, like it's fun. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And that's why I'm in the position I'm in. You could do the same thing. It's certainly not easy. But to these officers, and I'll, this one went long, but to these officers who are, who are saying this right now, these are, these are my people. These are the strong individuals. These are the people that make this country great. Those that say, you don't get to walk all over me. Don't tread on me, baby. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Dan Bongino, conservative pundit, radio show host, one of the biggest shows in the country, probably the world, is threatening to quit his show over a vaccine mandate at Radio Network Westwood One. Now, Dan has basically said, you can have the vaccine mandate or you can have me, but you can't have both. He goes on to explain that there are a lot of working class people sitting there with a hard decision about either medical issues or religious issues or otherwise, and they're telling their kids, I'm going to have to lose my job. Now, the story from the Washington Post actually says that he's calling for relaxations of the vaccine mandate. That doesn't seem to be what he said. He said you can have one or the other. But if that's true, he's basically saying allow some exemptions. I don't agree with that sentiment. I'm not saying that's actually Dan Bengino's position, but I am 100 percent in this in this regard, anti-mandate, be it tests or exemptions, because we're going to start getting into really dangerous territory. I put out a tweet earlier and I was just like, uh, now that we have we've normalized like vaccine mandates, can I mandate my my employees give me all of their medical histories and then I can publicly disclose it to the rest of the staff? I mean, I'm not going to come out and be like, I'd like to make an announcement. You know, Jane Doe has lupus, right? We, obviously, you know, if certain employees wanted to express certain issue and they can publicly express that. But what I mean is 
Could I now just be like, everybody who has lupus has to do this particular thing. And then when some people get fired, they'll be like, I guess the person has lupus, right? I think that's horrifying. And I think it is discriminatory for a lot, you know, to, to mandate that people now publicly disclose things that may be personal, private, but, but they're interesting questions. I mean, a lot of people say, don't I have a right to know if someone has an infectious disease? And I'm like, maybe people who are sick shouldn't come into work. That's why we have sick days. Now we here at TimCast.com, check out the website, be a member. Um, I am adamant to everybody. Do not come into work sick. I, cause I get mad about that. If you are sick, Enjoy yourself a nice bowl of hot chicken soup. Watch some daytime TV. Okay, put on daytime TV, a little archaic. Put on your, your family guy reruns or whatever it is you want to watch. I've been watching House lately. And then uh, relax or work from home or do whatever. But don't bring your sickness around other people. I don't want to get sick. You got sick time for a reason. We're really good with it. We have unlimited sick time here at Tim. We just, if you're sick, you just don't come in and you, you do what you can elsewhere. And if you, if you can't work because you're sick, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of lefty in that regard, right? I'm not going to cry about it. We'll figure it out. We want people to be healthy. But anyway, I digress. I, I don't like the idea that someone could call in sick and I'd be like, everybody heads up. So-and-so's got the flu and like, you know, they got the Hershey squirts or whatever. It's just, I just think it's inappropriate. There are some really interesting ethical questions around vaccine mandates. And I think the real issue boils down to, the perceived severity of the of the illness, you know, because I was talking to uh, Ian and Tim Cast IRL, and he, he mentioned like, you know, people oppose vaccine mandates. What if it was Ebola? And I'm like, I think if it's Ebola, like airborne Ebola, you're going to have people just outright self-regulating. You know, no one's going to want to spread that. They're going to be freaked out. And then he was like, oh, so if you think it's a, it's it's more severe than someone else, then your rights be damned. And I was like, it's a good point. It is. Should there be vaccine mandates for other things? I think it really just comes down to, unfortunately, this one is overbearing through executive action, widespread, and there needs to be, I suppose, the perspective I have is that while COVID is very serious, it doesn't rise to the level of seriousness for me to think we should mandate all of these, uh, all of these things. I think people should make those personal choices. And to be fair, even if there was an airborne Ebola, I still don't think, I think a lot of these restrictions would be over the top. Granted, we probably wouldn't protest against like the city quarantining an area, but you got to ask yourself then, at what point can they just say something is severe or convince people and then use that to gain power? So there are very difficult moral and ethical questions here. I want to point something out though. Let me, let me read a little bit here and just show you the first context, and then I want to talk about something. They say, in late May, the massively influential radio network Westwood One debuted a new daily talk show from Dan Bongino, a former Secret Service agent and New York City cop who gained stature in conservative media during the presidency of Trump. The show occupies the noon to 3 p.m. time slot, once dominated by Rush Limbaugh, setting Bongino up as one of the key challengers for his audience. Within two months, the show had reached distribution on more than 300 stations, which the company described as impressive growth. Now Bongino is threatening to walk away completely. He has taken issue with the vaccine vaccination mandate imposed in August by Westwood One's owner, Cumulus Media. Chief Executive Mary Berner gave all employees until September 27th to be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus before an expected return to the office and wrote that it would be neither it would neither be fair nor do we have the bandwidth to make exceptions based on individual preferences, according to, ind to industry publication Inside Radio. Several Cumulus Radio hosts have already quit or been terminated because of a stated preference not to be vaccinated for personal or medical reasons. Let me just stop right there. Medical reasons? You mean your doctor's like, 
I'm sorry, you're ineligible. And they go, you're fired. Yet these people are psychotic. Bongino is threatening to join them. Though the host's team says that he has been vaccinated on the advice of doctors because he has Hodgkin's lymphoma, Bongino is objecting to a mandate on behalf of rank and file employees who don't want to get vaccinated. Quote, I'm not really happy with the company I work with right here. Bongino told listeners on Monday, I believe these vaccine mandates are unethical. I believe they're immoral. I believe they don't take into account the science of natural immunity due to a prior infection. I believe they're broad based and don't take into account an individual circumstances of why they may or may not want to take a vaccine. And they're antithetical to everything I believe in. So we'll go back to the to the the airborne Ebola thing and just say, yeah, vaccine mandates are still probably a bad idea. It's tough, right? Especially when you have a very serious crisis. The government and the Democrats, the establishment, the Democrats view COVID as the apocalypse. But it's not. It's just pretty bad. And so I think we all tolerated a certain degree of imposition on our lives. But I think many people have reached the limit of that risk. And now people are like, I'm willing to accept the risks because I've seen the data. That's why I think here it's very different. But I do want to point something out. Let, 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 let me read a little bit more, actually, and then I'll point something out. He says, so I'll say again, I'm not going to let this go. Cumulus is going to have to make a decision with me if they want to continue this partnership or they don't. But I'm talking to you on their airwaves. They don't have to let that happen. And I wouldn't mind if they didn't, because it's really unfortunate that people with a lower profile than me who don't have 300 plus stations have been summarily either shown the door or been put in really untenable circumstances because they simply want to make a medical decision by themselves. If Cumulus does not relax the vaccination mandate, quote, this is going to be an entirely untenable situation going forward, said Bongino, who promised to revisit the subject every day until it's addressed. If he leaves the network, Bongino would be the most prominent conservative media personality to quit a job over a vaccination mandate. Cumulus has not replied to emails from the Washington Post seeking comment. All right. Well, they go on to mention that Fox News uh, doesn't actually have a vaccine mandate. So that's a correction on my part because many people were reporting it and I fell for the fake news. They say Bongino's show is simulcast on Fox News streaming service Fox Nation. And they say uh, he hosts unfiltered. Although Fox News' parent company, Fox Corp, has not introduced a vaccine mandate, a human resources memo sent last month said a small group of employees who are not vaccinated or chose not to share their vaccination status are required to be tested on a daily basis. More than 90% of rank and file Fox employees have reported they are fully vaccinated, according to the memo. Fox News personalities who oppose vaccine mandates have uh, and have invade against them on the air have largely refrained from calling up the company's vaccination policies. And Bongino didn't critique Fox as he chewed out cumulus during his radio show on Monday. Last week, Fox News host Tucker Carlson was asked about Fox's policies in a podcast from The Daily Caller. The conservative, we get it, quote, I'm not qualified to speak for the company on this because I don't run the company. I'm just an employee of the company. My personal preference is that Fox News would make a statement about what their policies are. But I think like a lot of companies, they're hesitant to do that because like, why would you even want to get involved in that conversation? Well, I'd like to know if Fox News has a vaccine mandate. And now I'll say a few things. Westwood One tried to sign me a couple of years ago. They were talking about how, you know, the Ben Shapiro show, how many views it's getting and how big it is and all that stuff. And they're like, we're going to get you and we're going to do all these things. And I was like, sounds awesome. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. And let me just tell you something, my friends. A lot of people say, you know, it's hypocritical for me to be on YouTube because YouTube censors people. And I said that people who give in to the vaccine mandates aren't opposing it. Well, let me clarify once again. If you if there is a like boulder and you're standing holding it, stopping it from rolling, you're actively opposing it. If you then say, I no longer wish to be in the way of this boulder because it's difficult and you step out of the way and the boulder rolls past you, you are no longer actively opposing it. Now you can say, I oppose the rolling of the boulder down this hill. I get it. In principle, in idea, you do not like these things. But I'm saying you're not actively opposing it. Now, people said it's hypocritical to be on YouTube because they censor, except you know, we have Steve Bannon on the show. We have Alex Jones on the show. We had Enrique Tario on the show, and we run our speakeasy. We are actively speaking out every day against censorship and challenging YouTube and utilizing it to the best of our abilities. So yeah, I would consider us to be actually standing in front of that boulder. Now the boulder may be pushing us backwards. We may be losing ground if that's your your view, but I'm not going to give up this massive platform simply because people have been censored, especially when I can bring those people on the show. That being said, I am under no vaccine mandate in any capacity. If Google came to me and said, prove your vaccination status or we terminate your channel, I assure you my channel would be terminated. I would not comply. There's a difference between being like, we've been censored on some issues, some things we can't talk about, but we have other platforms where we can then use this to move people over. It's not a perfect situation, but what Dan Bongino is doing right here is literally opposing the vaccine mandate. Do you guys get it? He's not giving in. He's calling it out. He's using his abilities to oppose it. Now, they're still doing it. I don't expect Dan Bongino to right now just be like, I'm walking away. He's actively challenging it. He may be pushed back by the boulder, but I respect that. When people are looking at their jobs and just say outright, I'm going to comply, that's very different. If Dan Bongino came out and said, I oppose it, but I understand why they're doing it. I'd be like, he's not really opposing it in principle, in heart. No, no, no. This is this, this is someone standing up. I have tremendous respect for Dan Bongino. Now, I thought about this and I'm like, you know, I'm not in this situation because when West 1-1 tried to sign me, I was very obstinate and objected to their ridiculous contract. They sent me a contract. It was an insult to me. And I said, why is this garbage contract being sent to me? And they were like, it's standard practices. And I said, you expect me. They were like, you got to hire a lawyer to fix it. You send me garbage and then expect me to pay to fix that garbage. I don't care. I don't need you. So let me explain. All right. 
when when the one of the biggest radio networks comes to me and and this is years ago and said, look at Ben Shapiro. He's the number one podcast. We're going to we're going to make your show huge. And then I said, no, I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you think you are. I don't care if you hold the golden ticket. I don't care if you cross my line, if you if, if you are trying to push me past the line, principally, morally or ethically, I'll outright say no. When the Antifa guy in Boston got in my face, started swinging at me. I stood there and I just tightened my abs and clenched my teeth. And I said, make your move, buddy. Tucker Carlson had me on his show because I refused to move. You're going to hit me. You're going to hit me. I'm not walking away. These people want to come at me and say, concede these things. And I said, no, never going to happen. I'll do it on my own. And you know what? Thanks to all of you who are members at TimCast.com. Thanks to all of you who watch. You prove it. You, you don't have to give in and, and, and abide by these, these authoritarian, ridiculous you know, pieces of garbage. Now, if I was signed to Westwood One, Maybe I would have been on 300 stations. Maybe the Tim Pool Daily Show would have ended up being an, a top 10 podcast. When I was doing this show seven days a week, we were, I, I, was, I was reaching like, I think my peak position on iTunes top charts all time, all podcasts was like number 34. And we started taking weekends off to diversify the business, to focus on the vlog, and I needed time to do other things. And now Timcast IRL actually is a much bigger podcast. It con uh, consistently bounces around like, you know, 180 to like 230 or whatever. Sometimes it drops off. Sometimes it pops back up, whatever. I don't care about being the biggest podcast in the world. I don't care about being on 300 radio stations. I just care about saying what I, what I believe. Some, my opinions change as I meet new people and discuss new things. I care about people having uh, their, their rights protected and individual freedoms. I care about working class people being, being listened to, and I'm not going to concede that. And so I ask myself, why aren't I in a situation where I'm you know, in, similar to Dan Bongino? It's because I don't, I don't sign these deals. It's because I don't enter contract with these companies. It's why TimCast.com has no major billionaire backers. It's why I am the chief principal officer, the whole, sole owner and it's all possible thanks to memberships and people who sign up and, and, and watch the show and buy our merch and are involved. It's a business. Nobody is going to tell me what to do. And if at any point I get some guy in a suit knocking on my door saying, do this or else, I'll say, bro, I will never comply because I don't care. Interestingly, in full disclosure, I had a meeting yesterday with uh, some, you know, some business meeting. I'll just put it that. I don't want to you know, put anybody on blast or anything. It was a good meeting. And the conversation was syndicated radio. We could, we, we could put your show on the radio. How about that? And I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Whatever. I will tell you this. If it goes to any radio network, I will, I will absolutely refuse. I will have it in any contract. My show will not be carried by any station with a vaccine mandate. I don't care. It's not happening. Now, to be fair, Google does have a vaccine mandate. There's a difference, I suppose, in, you know, me posting something on a social media platform. It's my company and we have a certain distribution channel. You could theoretically argue it's a similar thing and I probably should walk away from YouTube as well. I suppose there really are limits. I view YouTube as an opportunity to, to, to leverage your ability to see this, to send you to TimCast.com. My company has no vaccine mandates. People aren't required to disclose their medical histories. We just trust them to do the right thing and try and be healthy. And we try to help them where we can. 
With that being said, it may be fair to say, use the the reach of these companies because we're not, no employee at these companies is going to be producing this show. Maybe that's a fair point. Maybe, maybe it's a little too much for me to be like, I'm going to pull my show off these airwaves. And maybe something similar could be said of, of Dan Bongino. If his show is not being produced by these companies, and it's just a syndication deal, then I actually think that may be uh, somewhat of a good thing because then, you know, they're not having, they're not going to be hiring people and forcing them to undergo the vaccine mandate. I'll put it this way. If Dan Bongino's show is produced by people who are not under vaccine mandate, and that then goes to a radio network for broadcast, and that means that radio network doesn't hire people and force them to undergo a vaccine mandate, in the long run, this may work out. So the same thing is true for our company publishing through YouTube. And it may actually be smarter to say, no, 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 let's, 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 use, let's go on these radio stations. If my company grows more and hires more people, let's say we hire 100 people and we say no vaccine mandate. That means if those shows are airing on the radio stations, the radio stations won't be producing shows and hiring the 100 people to put them under vaccine mandate. It's a mathematical formula. The more people we hire and the more we take from the airwaves of these companies, the less there would be vaccine mandates. I'm not going to pretend to be the arbiter of morality. I, I, I think there's absolutely hard decisions, contradictions. Nothing is black and white. It's a gradient. And so you could say, Tim, Google's got a vaccine mandate. Why don't you pull off Google? And I'm like, fair point. I don't know. I feel like we would lose a tremendous opportunity not being on YouTube and that, you know, I'll, I'll stand my ground here to bring people to TimCast.com where we can build something every single day. And we're getting millions of views now at TimCast.com. Maybe the real strategy is not in complete retreat. Maybe the real strategy for someone like Dan Bongino is to tell people, stop listening on these radio stations and start listening on Fox Nation or on his personal website and let the radio stations decide if they want that to be the case. Because I'll say it now, we cut, I cut my content in half. I used to do six segments every day on YouTube. We do, I do three now and we're focusing on doing more for TimCast.com. Why? It's, it's impossible to just say, okay, there's a conflict, remove yourself from the battlefield. But it's not the same as someone coming to me and saying, undergo a medical procedure. So for the time being, I'm like, can we leverage this to move people, you know, to other platforms, to a website? Far from perfect. Absolutely far from perfect. I'm far from perfect. And you're free to disagree with me. We're all trying to figure out the best way to handle these circumstances. I wonder if uh, uh, the smartest thing Dan Bongino could do is just be like, if you're listening on the radio, stop, get your phone out, pull it up on the website, listen to the show there. Don't give, don't, don't give viewership to the people who would do this. Because I'll say that right now. I mean, people can watch this show on Rumble. You can watch it wherever it, it exists there. You know, we post it on, on multiple platforms. You can watch this on TimCast.com. We use YouTube infrastructure. I get it, whatever. It's hard. I guess it, it, it's hard to be absolutist in this. Like anybody with a vaccine mandate, we are severing business relationship. Man, I don't know. I have tremendous respect for Dan Bongino for standing up and speaking up, though. And um, to a great deal, I agree with him. I wonder if there's a, uh, something else we can do in terms of leveraging these systems to pull people out of them. But there still is a big difference from being like, I oppose this, but I'm going to actually enter that system and undergo a, a vaccine mandate myself. I won't. I would, I would tear this company to the ground. Everyone would be fired before I would submit to any of that. 
If Joe Biden personally came here and said, look, you're going to do it or or else I'd be like, get out of my face. It's never going to happen. I will not allow that to befall my employees and, and, and my company. So maybe that's the important place to draw the line. And we should utilize the system to try and get more people to work at companies like this and less people to, to work at companies like Westwood One. I have a question, though. And um, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but Westwood One does list uh, Ben Shapiro, the Ben Shapiro show, as um, as part of their network. Now, it used to say on iTunes the Ben Shapiro show was Westwood One. Now it says the Daily Wire. So I don't know if he's still with Westwood One, but they still say he is on their website. I wonder what Ben's opinion is on Westwood One, because I think there's actually a fair point to say if a radio network wants to carry a show that is openly defying the vaccine mandates, that protects more employees. It grows a, it grows a company in the right direction. Maybe, maybe I was wrong to say I would, re, I would refuse to be on, on, on those radio networks, you know? Because Dan Bongino's threatening to quit, and I respect that. And I'm like, hmm, then I, then I, think, I think about it you know, just right here and now. Like, maybe we actually want to dominate their airwaves. We want to reduce the amount of employees that exist at these companies and hire them here. Dan, hire these people, have them work for you, and then syndicate the show on these networks, because then you're saving people from this you know, system. If you think that there's working class people who are stuck under this, I think that there's actually an interesting approach. A lot of people are like, you know, like I said, Tim, you're hypocritical because people have no choice but to get the vaccine. I'm like, okay, then maybe we should be on YouTube. Maybe we should be on these networks. And then I can try and hire many of those people and they wouldn't be under that system. We should empower systems that don't subjugate people in this way. Man, I'll tell you this. I don't have the answers. I don't. The things I say about my opinions are just, t- I'm basically telling you how I'm feeling and how I'm going to respond to these things. Well, maybe I'm wrong about a lot of it. I don't know. I just think at this point, what they're doing is absolutely wrong. There's reasons for exemptions. There's reasons natural immunity should t- be p- taken into account. And all in all, I think the mandates are just a path towards a social credit system. That's the main reason why I think it should not be allowed. It is a crisis being exploited People are, are being put in positions of fear to, to force them to give up their rights. And I'm not a fan. But I don't know. Maybe the best way to fight is to engage and challenge. Maybe. Maybe it's not so easy to just walk away from the entire thing and say, I give up. When it comes to private employment, I'll put it this way. If I worked for a, a hospital and they said, do it or else, I'd quit. Because in engaging in that system and giving into it ultimately results in the system functioning. With the show I'm doing here and with Dan Bongino, the show he's doing actually weakens the mandate system. It challenges it. So perhaps the best thing is not for Dan to leave or for me to refuse any kind of syndication, but to actively have our voices dominate these platforms so that popular culture shifts and these systems give up. I don't know. Let me know what you think. It's tough, isn't it? I can't pretend to have all the answers. You know, you need to go to a priest, a rabbi, or an imam for those types of things, or a, a, a monk, perhaps. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a new breaking story from the New York Post, the Biden administration has been exposed flying underage migrants into New York in the dead of night. This is the exact same story we read several months ago. 
about the Biden administration smuggling underage migrants into Tennessee. And the Republicans were like, oh, we're so angry. We're outraged. And now we're learning it's just still happening. Still, still happening. Man, I tell you, I got another story here. And I just look, GOP rep Tony Gonzalez says 100,000 migrants are headed towards the U.S. from Central America, and 52 were stopped in Panama because of terrorism ties. Uh Uh-huh. How about this one? From Fox News, Jill Biden boosts group that helps illegal immigrants avoid arrest amid border crisis. All right. I got nothing. Uh, uh, I I can only apologize, I suppose. I've told you these stories all before. The Biden administration is, you know, uh, has, has worked with certain nonprofit groups. I guess this one's a bit more egregious. The Republicans have warned about the border crisis, and we heard that 60,000 migrants were coming. Now it's 100,000. Joe Biden is secretly smuggling migrants in the dead of night. What else is new? 2022, why should I care about the Republican Party? Why? Because they came out and they're like, I can't believe Joe Biden is doing this. And they do nothing. At the very least, I'm complaining at a camera. And you can watch. Where are these Republicans? They should be out screaming. They should be in, in, in every meeting saying, what is going on? We demand answers. They do nothing, nothing, nothing. They do nothing. They're pathetic. So what, what, what do we get? 2022. You know, this story is, is pretty big from the New York Post. And I, I read it before. We, we, we discussed this before. So what am I supposed to say? Well, OK, here's the latest update on the criminal behavior of our corrupt government. New York Post reports plane loads of underage migrants are being flown secretly into suburban New York in an effort by President Biden's administration to quietly resettle them across the region. The Post has learned the charter flights originate in Texas where the ongoing border crisis has overwhelmed local immigration officials and have been underway since at least August, according to sources familiar with the matter. Last week, the Post saw two planes land at the Westchester County Airport, where most of the passengers who got off appeared to be children and teens, with a small portion appearing to be men in their 20s. Westchester County cops stood by as the passengers whose flights arrived at 10.49 p.m. Wednesday and 9.52 p.m. Friday got off and piled into buses. Bravo, officers. Abolish the police. You think I'm going to sit here and just and and no, 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 uh-uh. no, I'm sick of the, 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 the whiny baby BS. The, the defend the cops as they stand by doing things like this. I watched as police officers in New York defended a political painting in a street with with misappropriated taxpayer funds and those cops defended it. I watched as cops stood by during the riot saying, we're not getting involved. And you know what? I can tolerate the first one understanding. Well, these people said defund the police. But when you add it all together. In these in these jurisdictions run by Democrats, you think I'm going to defend those police departments? They stand by watching Joe Biden smuggle illegal immigrant children into this country in the dead of night in secret. These cops know. Tell me these cops are good cops, and I will, I, will, I will show you a liar. Some of them were later seen meeting up with relatives or sponsors in New Jersey or being dropped off at a residential facility on Long Island. 
A post-analysis of online flight tracking data suggests that around 2,000 migrants nabbed after sneaking into the U.S. from Mexico have arrived at the airport outside White Plains on 21 flights since August 8th. I'm sure the cops were all just gleefully defending this. Records show some of the planes touched down between midnight and 6.30 a.m. when a voluntary curfew is in effect, with two arriving from Houston, 2.13.18. Oh, can we get the Times, New York Posts? The clandestine nature of the operation raises questions about how the White House is dealing with a recent surge in unaccompanied minors. The most recent figures from U.S. Customs and Border Protection show that just during July and August, 37,805 unaccompanied minors were caught entering the U.S. from Mexico, sometimes after being abandoned by professional smugglers known as coyotes. Videos show some of the children dropped over the border wall or abandoned in remote areas. And you know why they do it? You know why they do it? Because they can. We've got these videos. I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, um, There's a reporter on the ground uh, at the border. May have been Drew Hernandez or Julio Rosas. Sorry, guys. I don't know. I, I remember seeing it like passively. Luke was watching Tucker Carlson and it was on the background. But there were these migrants who were just like, the only reason we're doing it is because Biden's letting us. So they come with children. They smuggle them in. They drop them off afterwards because they don't need them anymore. Thank you, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. They say a source familiar with the operation at the Westchester Airport said the underage migrants typically arrive carrying backpacks and are bused to locations including Bronx, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, upstate Newburgh and Bridgeport and Danbury in Connecticut. Around 1230 a.m. Saturday, it stopped in Syosset, Long Island at the campus for Mercy First, a nonprofit sponsored by the Catholic Sisters of Mercy that provides housing and services for children and adolescents who are the victims of societal problems, according to its website. On Friday night, one bus left the Westchester Airport and barreled down the Hutchinson River Parkway, which is off limits to commercial vehicles at speeds greater than 75 miles an hour before crossing the Throg's Neck Bridge. Mercy First has a contract to supply the federal government with residential services for immigrant youth, according to the site. Mercy First CEO Renee Skalaski didn't return a request for comment. Last Saturday, a similar scene began playing out in Jacksonville, Florida, where many of the flights from Texas have touched down before continuing on to Westchester and where the post saw a Boeing 737-700 land shortly after 10 p.m. at Jacksonville International Airport. As local cops stood by, bravo officers, bravo, you're great, yeah. A group of between 10 and 15 people wearing matching white baseball caps and carrying duffel bags got off the plane and onto a charter bus. (laughs) I'm sorry. When the police are complicit in human trafficking, abolish the police. Come on. No. You want to talk about duly elected uh, sheriffs? You want to talk about deputies? Okay. We'll have a conversation. You want to talk about local cops, their appointees, the political whims by which they serve? And I don't care which cop you are. I don't care who you work for. I don't care if you're elected. If you're complicit in human smuggling, human trafficking, you're out. As local cops stood by, After a two-hour ride, the group arrived at around 1 a.m. Sunday at the Twin Oaks Academy, a juvenile detention center in Apalachicola National Forest near Tallahassee, where staffers were waiting to open a gate topped with barbed wire. Republican Florida Florida Governor Ron DeSantis expressed outrage at the Post's findings, with a spokeswoman saying, if the Biden administration is so confident that their open border policy is good for our country, why the secrecy? Why is the Biden administration refusing to share even the most basic information about illegal alien resettlement in communities throughout our state and entire country? 
Washington, D.C. sets immigration policies that do not affect them and states that lack information about migrant resettlement and do not have the authority to change federal immigration policy are expected to bear the brunt of Biden's reckless open borders agenda. Shut up. I'm sick of these pathetic losers in government. I don't care. Ron DeSantis' spokesperson, bravo. Oh, no, the Biden administration is smuggling children into our state. We can't do anything about it. So what do we get? Is, is this it? We sit back and watch these people commit serious and egregious crimes against not only the United States, but these children. Yep. That's what they do. Do we have any Republican leadership, any leadership at all who's going to challenge this? No, we don't. Ron DeSantis is one of the better ones, but even his office is like, and we don't have the authority to change their immigration policy. How about you, I don't know, track the flights coming into Florida in the wee hours of the morning. And then when someone is caught trafficking children, I don't give a damn if it's Joe Biden's administration. You surround it with law enforcement from the state. You arrest the people who are trafficking the children and you send them back. You send them back home. You send these kids on a first flight to Mexico City or you find out where they, where they're from and then you, 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 you deport them. You, you contact the Mexican authorities. You say these children are being set back. You contact the Guatemalan, the Honduran, wherever these kids are, are, are coming from. Instead, what they've been doing is in the dead of night, smuggling children into different areas of the country for resettlement. They're trafficking children, illegally bringing them in. And no one's going to do anything about it. These kids shouldn't be brought over here in the first place. It's not their fault. They're children. We should figure out, hey, where are you from? When they say the city, then you call them up and say, we'll have them on the first flight back. You'll need to have an authority. You know, the authorities come and pick them up or a charity can do it. But incentivizing this behavior will only make it worse. They know it. They don't care. They're doing this on purpose. 100,000 migrants are heading towards the U.S., How many of them are going to be keeping children to use as pawns to manipulate the emotions of Democrats to try and get free access to the country? You give an inch, they take a mile. These are bad people. They are smuggling children and they abandon the kids once they get past the border. As they're coming in, they'll cry, no, don't take my child from me so they can get special access and special preferential treatment. And the moment they get in, they say, later, kid, good luck. Those are the bad guys. The problem is the Biden administration and basically encouraging it and the Republicans are just stomping their feet and doing nothing. Ron DeSantis leads the executive branch in his state. Why? I'm sure he has state troopers and law enforcement at his disposal to uh, arrest the pilots of these flights. You think I'm kidding? Arrest them. I don't play these stupid games. You fly a plane trafficking children, you get arrested. Maybe if these people had scruples, the cops too arrest all of them, they'd be like, yo, I'm not going to participate in whatever it is you're doing. I mean, think about it. A guy's like, hey, you know, I'm going to go do this. I won't name anything specific, but let's say a guy says he's going to go commit a crime and someone else is like, well, I'm not going to, but I will hold the door for him so he can escape more quickly. Yeah, they're going to be like, yo, this is your friend. You're helping him. Well, all I did was hold the door. All I did was drive the getaway car. I'm, 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 a, I'm an Uber driver. The guy ran out of the bank with the money, jumped in my car and said, cheese it. And then I drove and I drove him to his hideout. It's because we live in a lawless country. 
And it's because no one's willing to actually stand up to these people. So long as these cops stand by and let this stuff happen, it'll keep happening. Because those cops are losers. They're corrupt. They're crooked. They're losers. Now we get, we're going to get more. Daily Mail says, speaking on the Real America podcast with GOP chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, the San Antonio congressman said the situation in Del Rio, Texas is the worst I've ever seen it. He said that Moines came to visit him and a number of other lawmakers to get word out about the, uh, about the coming onslaught. She goes, there's about 100,000 coming through Panama on their way to the U.S. as we speak. I ask her, have you caught anybody on the terror watch list? She goes, funny you ask that, Tony, because in Panama, we do biometrics and we have apprehended 52 people that are associated with Al Qaeda. I go, holy smokes. Does the administration know about this? She goes, there is no one home. I'm talking to you because the administration is absent. It's not so much about the administration. It's about good men doing nothing. It's about a plane coming in the dead of night for months, planes being smuggling kids and cops being like, come on in. I wonder how much they're getting kicked back. Some administrative, uh, administration, uh, administrative preference or something, or maybe a bonus. Maybe they're, they're off duty and they're getting paid. Amazing. They go on to say, the Darien Gap is a 66-mile stretch of rainforest between North and South America. It's dangerous terrain is part of the reason it's been left undeveloped and why it poses, poses a great risk to people crossing it. More than 70,000 migrants have traveled through the Darien Gap this year. Panamanian authorities have said most of the migrants in recent months have been Haitians, many of whom have been living in Chile and Brazil since 2010, since the 2010 Haitian earthquake. They have IDs, some have passports, and they're abandoning their lives in Chile and Brazil to come to America. Why? They want to extract. Look, I can respect people wanting to come here. I, I, I think uh, the U.S. should be open to immigration 100 percent. I think we should allow more immigration. I absolutely do. You know, I don't respect people who are spinning in our faces, exploiting our laws, taking advantage of us and the Biden administration smuggling in children, exacerbating the problem. If you want to come to this country, we should have a process by which you can apply and say, here's what I hope to do. And I think that would be fantastic. I think there's a lot of undeveloped parts of this country. Alaska is fantastic. I know not everybody, not everybody wants to live there, but there's there's parts of, of this country in the West in Wyoming and Montana, we could absolutely use for more industry and economic development, and we can find a place for people to live and prosper here. It just requires planning, economic development, urban planning. So when people are coming through the border illegally and Joe Biden's incentivizing it by smuggling children, what happens? Dead kids, drugs, human trafficking, slavery. That's why I don't like this. That's what makes me so angry. If we had a more secure border, these kids would not be in danger. If we had a more secure border, we'd be able to actually help people better. We wouldn't just have people storming the gates. It's funny to me. I saw a video of like a kid squeezing through the bollard fencing, you know, Trump's wall. I saw a video of a guy finding an area where he could squeeze through as well. And the Democrats are laughing like it's so dumb. And I'm like, at least he's trying. At least Trump tried. What are they doing? Nothing. It's just getting worse. No, I'm sorry. They're encouraging it. Fox News says First Lady Jill Biden touted a private school run by a Democratic donor whose organization has posted tips on how illegal immigrants can avoid arrest while in the U.S. Strength, community passion. Those were the words I wrote down during an inspiring charla today with SBA Isabel and Rep. Davids and members of the Latino community at Kansas City KS. Thank you, El Centro Academy, for children 
for all you do and for being our gracious host today. You know, I was watching, I think it was House. I don't remember which episode it was, but there is a guy running for office and his campaign manager or whatever makes a video where it's like illegal immigrants are taking your jobs. And then the candidate's like, it's a little hyperbolic. Come on. And then someone says something like, why would you run this ad when you're, you know, doing so well with the Latino community? You don't want to offend them. I thought about that. And I thought about that's That's a TV show. It's not real world. But the idea is there, right? The cultural idea. And I've thought about what uh, we've seen similarly with people talking about Trump being racist for talking about illegal immigration. And I'm just like, how is it that we have acknowledgement right now as a culture that if we say illegal immigration is wrong, Latinos in the United States will be offended by that. That is to imply that Latino Americans are criminal, are supporting crime. That's the view, I guess. Maybe that's the systemic racism, because I don't believe it. Not, not entirely, at least. You take a look at the southern Texas border. All blue turns red because many of the people who are there who are Latino are like, yo, we don't like this. Isn't it amazing, though? That the assumption in our culture and for many of the Democrats is that if you criticize illegal immigration, you will lose Latino votes. There are there are people who are literally voting for us to no longer have secure borders in a secure country. If you get to the point in a nation where people are voting for its extraction, your country is in a downward spiral. And I think that may be a big component of what we're seeing with the culture war and the, and the conflict, but not the, main, not, not, not the main one, maybe not a, a large component, I'll put it that way, that you have people who come in and say, I'd like to vote to let even more people in who come in and say, I'd like to vote. I'll put it this. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another analogy, analogy. You have a house, four people live in it. And y'all say, we're all going to pitch in a dollar and then vote for lunch. One day, Bob comes into the house and sleep on your couch and they all decide we're going to vote for what's for lunch. But Bob doesn't contribute. Bob just came in one day, he like stayed over after a party and you're like, whatever, you tolerate it. And he says, I like to vote too. I mean, I'm here. Come on. Don't I get to eat? And they're like, bro, we, we pitched in all this money. He's like, well, come on, I'm here. And then you get a couple of the roommates being like, we should let him vote. Come on. He's here. Fine. Then the three of them vote. We should let Jim come in too. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. You see, here's where it goes. Two versus two. We shouldn't let him vote. We should let him vote. Finally, he says, we're going to vote. And the, and the right side says, OK, fine, whatever. He's here. Now it's three to two. Now the three people say, hey, we also want to let Jim in. We all three vote to let Jim come in. And now it's four to two. Hey, we're going to let Bob come in. Now it's five to two. Now you're in the minority and they say, look, 60 percent of, of the House wants to eat Brussels sprouts. And you're like, what happened? Who are these people? And that's what's happening. Now I'm not talking about legal immigration. That's actually great. Let me give you the legal immigration analogy. There's four people voting on what's for lunch. Someone knocks on the door and says, hey, I'm the neighbor, Bob. You mind if I come in? And he comes in and they say, hey, Bob, welcome. He says, hey, actually, I'd like to pitch in too and be a part of this vote. And we're like, okay. And then he sides with the two on the left and they get Brussels sprouts. But this guy came in, he pitched in, we're all going to eat together. Now, eventually, even with legal immigration, they'll vote for more legal immigration. They'll vote to bring their family and stuff like that. They'll vote to make lax laws. But I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I think immigration is fantastic. I mean, Trump said it. Trump said something like, let them all come legally, legally. And I'm like, he's right. When people come legally, we have a process by which we say, like, here are our laws. Please respect them. Here are the rules of the house. Don't bring your friends over and trash the place. Everybody pitches in for lunch. 
Someone knocks the door. I'm looking for an apartment. I'd like to move in. Everybody says, okay, I think we're good with this. Now, eventually you get too many people moving in, even if they're moving in legally, like I said, then the original two people are going to get pushed out. But if people are all in agreement and people are welcomed into the community, that's how it works. Some people might not like the idea, but tough questions, I guess. Now, if you owned the house, it's your house. You have more authority. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of questions about, you know, the analogy is not perfect. I'll put it that way. We're at a point where we're so far beyond this analogy even. Joe Biden is smuggling children. Cops are complicit. They're helping make it happen. Welcome to your, your human trafficking administration. The Biden administration is trafficking children and they're being helped by cops. Amazing. What more can I say about this stuff? You know, that's already that's not already been said and that we're watching and just getting worse. Even if the Republicans get in, they will do nothing. Sorry to be pessimistic on this one, but reading the same stories over and over again, it's like, wow, no one's done anything about this. We need we need better leadership. We need our laws to be enforced. But I don't know. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.